Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 24th episode of the second season of the Dirty Water Podcast. That's Schmidt. I'm Chris. We're doing our thing, talking about sports betting. Today is January 20th, 2022. That's just a lot of twenty. Got time is marching on. It has been cold as all get out. Although we had a nice little 50 degree day in the nation's capital yesterday. Today we're gonna finally do a little basketball. It's been a little while. We've spent a little time on basketball. We're gonna talk NCAA futures. We're gonna talk NBA futures. Then we're gonna get into some. Super Bowl MVP and some Super Bowl odds overall for the entirety of it. And then obviously we're going to go game by game uh, for these four playoff games that are going to be hitting us this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Schmidt, what's happening, my man? Man, I'm finally finally recovered from Vegas. I was in Vegas all weekend, which is, it was a good week to say um, that the Patriots were the most overrated team in the playoffs. It, it, um, it was it was a sad state of affairs sorry, here. Sorry, guys. We had a packed house. It was great energy coming in, and, and credit to Josh Allen and the Bills. Uh, I, I can say nothing. I can make no excuses. Yeah. Buffalo had a great game plan. Josh Allen was spectacular. Uh, they took out the Pats. I think the Pats had a pretty damn good year considering what they thought they'd be coming in. Rookie quarterback, so on and so forth. But this is a no-excuse situation. Buffalo flat out did the job, beat the Pats like – Beat the crap out of, out of Bill, out of Mac, the whole shebang. Um, it is what it is, guys. Yeah. Bills move on. Yeah, we got four awesome games this week. I don't know if there's a team that I don't think I don't know if there's a team that can't win the Super Bowl. We'll talk all about talk about all of them here in a bit. Um, but I'm ready to get it started with some basketball. Yeah, let's do some hoops. We really haven't touched on the NCAA much at all. Um, it, I, I will tell you that. It's been pretty active on weeknights in here, the college basketball betting. Uh, it was, I don't know why this was the case. Tuesday felt like a freaking, like a full-on casino in here at the Gambit Machines. I had lines coming in and out of here all night. Uh, people were staying late. They were, they were doing a lot of NHL betting, too, like a lot of live. What I'm, it's, it's funny. I am seeing a lot of this live yeah. betting. The live betting has really become the thing. A lot of guys with live bet parlays. Okay. Kind of out of nowhere. They're just—it's—it's it's a bit of a guessing game sometimes. That's why we do shows like this, so it's a little bit less of a guessing game. So, let, let's talk some NCAA futures. I know, I know you—you want to get into this today. Yeah. So um, we still have some futures odds available for the national championship. March Madness is really just around the corner. We're kind of in that back half of conference player. We're about to start it. Um, then conference tourneys will be around. So let's just get to the odds. Um, Gonzaga, they are still the favorites, but not like not fair. Like the odds are a little longer than you would expect at this time of the year. They're about six to one, followed by Duke, who is plus seven fifty, and then Baylor plus eight twenty five. So really, we don't have any like big big favorite, you know, that the market is just saying is going to make it to the final four and run the table. It's funny too because two of the top three obviously played for the title last year. So when you and Baylor coming in. I mean, they have all five new starters. It's incredible what they're doing. Scott Drew gets all the credit in the world. He's the defending champion, has an entirely new roster, and all of a sudden he's the third favorite. And until their kind of rough week last week, they were they were rolling everybody. Um, so yeah. Baylor's just it, as, it, as a program, they never really this major basketball program like Duke or you know half the ACC or the Big Ten schools. But man, Baylor's ha- they've arrived. They're not only a defending champion, but look at what they are. Entirely new roster. You know, sometimes you'll see these teams that are one-time flash in the pan yeah. that get to a Final Four or, you know, maybe even win a title, and then 
you know, they kind of go away. I, I'm, I'm just kind of offhand, like I'm thinking like Auburn football when Cam Newton comes in, boom, wins the title. Two years later, his head coach is fired because they stink. Um, you didn't know if that's what Baylor was going to be, knowing full well that their entire roster got flipped over after their title. But God, they're plus what you said, eight fifty to win the title. Yeah, plus they're, eight twenty-five. They're likely yeah. to win the Big Twelve. They look great right now. Yeah, and um, what's interesting with like these three top teams, you know, Gonzaga. Duke, Baylor, Gonzaga has a pretty easy road going forward. They stacked They're their non-conference schedule, though. But Duke and Baylor, they've each they each lost twice last week. They've each lost two of their last four games, which really just shows like how beatable these favorites are, and how you know it's always kind of this way during March Madness. You know. It, Anybody can, you know, upset anybody, but even more so this year. Now, there's there's no real dominance. Gonzaga's always had, Gonzaga always lives the inverted schedule, and I credit Mark Few. He plays as many big dogs in the non-conference as he can, knowing full well when he gets to the WCC. He's just going to roll uh, the occasional hiccup with the St. Mary's every every few years. It really isn't every year. Um, obviously, the, the, the interesting thing about Duke, the ACC, and, and I haven't looked this, if it's come out this week, but outside of Duke, they were the only top 25 team in the entire ACC. Miami should get in there next week. Yeah. They're, they're playing great. They Miami them. beat Duke. They killed, yeah. And they killed North well, Florida State beat Duke the other night. And Miami destroyed North Carolina by about 30-plus at home on Tuesday. I was watching that game in here, and I watched the Florida State-Duke game as well. I, I, actually, the, the, the funny thing was I made all my tip money behind the bar betting because I went like 4-for-4 four four the other night. I haven't bet on a lot of college basketball this year. But, man, I, there was nobody here except for my betters coming in and out, and I got games on left and right. So I was finally throwing some down, and actually I, I hit a few. Ohio State played the weird game against IUPUI at this time of year. I, I moved the line, <laughs> caught them at a minus 35 and a half, Damn. plus 115. They won by 42. Uh, why not? It was like a why not situation. So, guys, we'll tell you something funny that, that – uh, Schmidt, Billy, and I, had a little, we have our little group chat. Obviously, we talk about everything. We're, we're sports nerds, and – we thought we had found something. I thought we had found something the other day that was going to be like the most profitable thing ever. So, and you know, as a, I'll admit it now because it didn't happen. And as a as a gambit host, I probably shouldn't <laughs> admit to this. But when the college basketball lines were out on Tuesday morning, the favorites and the underdogs, and I'm not sure it was every game or just major games, but they had accidentally flipped on the screen. Uh, I had I wasn't here. So it wasn't this – I don't know what the kiosk was showing. But on the Gambit app, it had, like, Duke as a home underdog. It had Tennessee as a home underdog to Vanderbilt. It had Ohio State as a 33-and-a-half-point underdog to IUPUI. So I'm texting these two, and I'm like, shh, don't say anything. But let's go hustle over the bar and put some crazy bets in because we might make thousands of dollars today. Well, it turned out when you clicked on the incorrect line, when you actually got to your bet sheet, it corrected itself. Meaning, like, if I hit Ohio State plus 33 and a half, when it got to the bed sheet, it said IUPUI plus 33 and a half. And I'm like, oh, man, I guess it didn't work. But we, <laughs> we, we thought we had cracked the code, man. We were, like, sitting here. I'm like, and really it was we're me. We were going to haul ass. I, we were yeah. going to haul ass over here and jam this machine full of cash and see if we could make stupid money on bets that, you know, were completely effed up. And then it turns out it wasn't the case. But that, that was pretty funny. But, yeah, I mean. I, I kind of cut you off there. Keep, keep no, going. no. So speaking of Miami, so my so Duke lost to Florida State recently. The game before that, that Miami, Duke right. lost to Miami. Miami is currently a hundred to one odds to win the whole thing. 
they, they have the resume. They're going to make the tourney. I think their odds only get shorter from here. As you kind of mentioned, there's no other ranked team besides Duke in the ACC. Which is crazy. ACC, how is that? How, yeah. That's never happened. I know. It's like never. they flipped with the Big 12, which is absolutely loaded mm-hmm. right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Miami Miami is interesting there at 101 odds still, um, just as a dark horse. Um, we also have Kentucky at like 16.5 to 1. Um, they had a close game with Texas A&M last night. They have, they have Auburn on Saturday, I believe, which is a pretty damn yep. good matchup. And then um, we were talking about Marquette earlier. Hot. Who have, what was that stat? They have. Um, I they, think they're in first place in the Big East now. Yeah. They look like crap in the, in the, pre, yeah. in the, in the uh, non-conference part of the schedule. They beat Villanova last mm-hmm. night. Um, they, have, they are tied for the most quad one wins in the country with five. Um, and if Providence were two spots higher, they would lead the nation in Q1 wins. Yeah, I, um, going into the season, I felt like Providence was going to win the Big East. Providence has had some COVID issues. They haven't played in about two weeks now. Uh, Marquette's kind of – because I didn't love Villanova this year. I like them. They're going to be a tournament team. I just don't think this is one of his better teams. Uh, I think they're going to have trouble scoring when they get to that later part of the year. They've gotten beaten a few times. Uh, they, you know, they've typically dominated the Big East the last 10, 15, 12 years, whatever the case. Uh, with an occasional hiccup here and there. Usually there would be like a Xavier that would jump in and catch him. No. Um, this year I thought it would be Providence that would do it. But, yeah, Marquette out of nowhere, five quad one wins, almost six if you if you count Providence, which is like a, a, a baby step outside the quad one uh, level. Um, there, there's just – there's a lot of teams yeah. in this thing right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can find value. LSU is like 13th in the nation. They're 40 to one right now. Um, but I really like back to Marquette. You know, Shaka Smart is back at. Is that his alma mater? I believe. Is, no, no, he he's from up there. He did, okay. He went to oh, he's from there. You're right. He went to yes. Kenyon College, Division Three school. Yeah, but yeah. He is from up there. So he um is at Marquette, and you were saying they struggled early on in Terrible. the season, which really isn't that surprising with that style of ball that Shaka loves to run. That havoc defense, the press, quick shots. Just very um, hard note. Like you just got to be in shape, and it seems like those players are finally starting to buy in, which is something he could not get UT players to do. So when Shaka went to Texas, and I'm going to get into some nerdy coaching stuff here, you know he had a ton of success at VCU. He would play, and here's the thing about playing fast and pressing all the time: you play a lot of guys. You play 12, 13 mm-hmm. guys. You don't just play your typical eight, seven, eight man rotation like a lot of coaches have when you play a lot more half court basketball. The significance of that at the highest levels, this is why teams like VCU can kind of come out of nowhere and make a Final Four playing that way. When you recruit at the very highest level, when you are at Texas and you're trying to get the McDonald's All-American, the top five-star, you know, national player of the year, best player in Texas type thing, like he was trying to recruit, as he should be at a school like UT, it is hard to recruit a lot of that level five-star guys and then say, I'm going to play 12 or 13 guys, you're going to play 22 minutes. Because if you are a five-star recruit, you obviously expect to be a first-round draft pick, a lottery pick at the next level. You you kind of, if you're at that level, this is how basketball is, you're kind of expecting to do a one-and-done, no. score your 18 a night, 20 a night, play 37 minutes a night, do your thing, hopefully you can take your team to a Final Four, maybe you don't, and then you go to the, you go get drafted. When you're going to tell guys, I'm playing a bunch of guys, you're going to play 24 minutes, you're going to average 13 a game because we play 13 players, 
it's hard to sign guys to do that at that yeah. level. You yeah. you have to oftentimes talent wise and ego wise and expectation wise take a little bit of a step back to recruit the right players to do that. That is the hardest part about playing the crazy pressing basketball at the highest level as opposed to doing it at VCU. Now, Nolan Richardson did it years ago at Arkansas, but that was years ago. There weren't nearly as many guys coming out after the freshman year to get drafted to the NBA. It's just a lot different now. That was the 90s. But really, in today's game, if you are at that UT and you're trying to – look, they hired Shaka Smart to get to a Final Four. No. To get to a Final Four, you got to get the best talent. It's about, everything's about talent. There's a saying in coaching. It's all about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and the O's. I mean, that is, that is a very common saying. And uh, it's true. You know, the best teams tend to have the best players. And it's hard to play that way. So I'm reiterating and over-talking it. But it's just good for Shaka. He's finally getting his system in. He's getting it in the Big East. I'm willing to bet that some of the kids he signed to Marquette are maybe a half a step down from the kids he was trying to sign at Texas. Maybe oh, yeah. he did or didn't get them. But they're more willing to buy in and play that way and play a little bit less minutes per individual. And that was kind of the whole point of it. No, for sure. So I, long story short, there, I think they're extremely interesting at 150 to one. They're going to be in the tournament. Yeah. If they're in the tournament, their odds are not going to be 150 to one, and they're going to be in the tournament. So it's like the perfect time to buy. It's like they're they're ascending um, in that league right now. I think they're only going to get better. On the flip side, we have Texas, who is going to fall out of the top 25 this week after a loss to K State. They've lost four of their last five. They're in trouble. They're going to flip spots with uh, Marquette. And the Big 12 is really interesting race between uh, Kansas, Baylor, and Texas Tech. have to m- mention Texas Tech. They are 30-1 to 1 right now. Nice win over Iowa um, State. The other uh, yeah. Night. That was a good quality win. They, that was a, that's a grind game. That, game. that game in the first half was a slugfest. Oh, I, watched, terrible, I watched yeah. a lot of that game. I know you were watching it. And it was like a boxing match. And then... In the second half, Texas Tech separated themselves and got it going a little bit. That was pretty impressive. So, yeah, kind of to um, sum this all up, some dark horses to watch out for. I think, you know, Miami 100 to 1, Marquette 150 to 1, Tech 30 to 1. Also, a little further up the um, the odds board, Auburn Tigers. They got Jabari Smith, one okay. of the best players in the nation. Watch out for them. What are their odds? They are they're pretty close to Kansas right now. They're twelve to one. And, and you said LSU is forty one, right? Yeah, LSU's forty one. I'm gonna tell you LSU's got a shot. They've yeah, got LSU's a shot good. LSU's pretty talented. So there's a lot of value to be found right here. Just kind of, you know, look to see how it does a team have a realistic shot of getting to the tourney, or are they kind of on their way out, like t- possibly Texas? I think that's something to gauge when you're looking at these odds. Yeah, no, good point. So yep. let's uh, let's move on to the NBA. Oh, and real quick. I don't know if you guys see me drinking this, whoever's watching this. So, we just got something in today, which is going to revolutionize drinking and dirty water. <laughs> um, no longer are we going to go the route of the Red Bull. We now have the Ghost Energy Drinks, which are flavored in Sour Patch Kids and Warhead flavors. They are freaking phenomenal. We are going to be putting those in those court-sized buckets, along with the Smirnoff Vodka, doing the $12 buckets with this... We have four flavors. There's two more coming in. I think we have blue raspberry, red berry, mango, and watermelon. Uh, just doing a little alcohol advertisement during the show for a quick second because we literally just got these in. 
Uh, I sampled these a couple weeks ago. They're so freaking good. I'm drinking one right now. I got the blue raspberry going right now. Um, I'm probably talking fast because of it. <laughs> these things are awesome. Anyway, to the NBA. So we're going to hit your little futures and little MVP futures. Um, I, I wrote some stuff down from Gambit, so I'm just going to read it off. Um, right now to win the NBA title, Nets at plus 260, Warriors at plus 460, Suns plus 650, Bucks plus 675. I'm going to stop right there. Those are kind of the four favorites. Then we'll kind of go a little further down the list. Do you have any feelings about the four, I would say, kind of big favorites right now? I haven't kept up with it probably as close as you. You know, I like Golden State with Clay coming back. They're only going to kind of mesh more. I think he's had some off games, but that's to be expected. He played his best game the other night. Yeah. So he's going to mesh. He's going to find his shot. You also have Jonathan Kaminga, the, the rookie they drafted. Yeah. He's coming on strong. He's like one of the most underrated rookies in the NBA. He really wasn't doing much at the start of the season, he's but down. he can play defense and he can score. But if you have another score with Steph, with Clay, which they and have. Jordan Poole. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to beat them. I like them out of those top four teams, I guess. I don't know how much value is there. I have just a very difficult time betting against Steph, betting against that supporting cast. No, I don't think it's 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 a devalue. They're plus four sixty to win the title. And here's sort of my take. I'm a little surprised. The Nets are plus two sixty. Now Durant's going to be out for about six weeks, and you know he's a, he's a player in his thirties now, and it's it's a knee thing. And so six weeks could be eight weeks. You never know how this thing's going to play out. At this point, I think it's almost fair to say, if not even, the road through the East potentially could be a little tougher than the road in the West. Uh, we never would have said that in the last 15, 20 years, but I think we're finally there in the NBA. I'm a little surprised the Warriors are plus 460 to the Nets plus 260. I've got to be honest, if they square off in the finals, if everything is kind of where it is now, I'm not saying with Durant being hurt, if he was playing, I'm taking the Warriors in that series. I think no. if, if, if one thing that's a major factor, Steve Nash has never been a head coach before, and Steve Kerr's won a bunch of titles as a head coach. So you got to start there, and I'm telling you right now, for those of you who think coaching doesn't matter in the NBA, I'm with you on the regular season, but when it comes to playoff series and it comes to two teams playing a best four out of seven, playing each other every night, same guys, same guys, the adjustments made by the coaching staff within a series are beyond crucial. And this is something Steve Nash has never done before. So the fact that the Nets are such a favorite, Durant's out hurt right now. Yes, we believe he'll come back. They're definitely not going to be a one seed. Does that matter? Probably not in the East. But they're so significantly ahead of the Warriors, according to Vegas, and I just, I'm not with that. From that standpoint, I think the Warriors plus 460 is of good value. I'm going to hit you with a couple more teams I love. Um, the Miami Heat, I've been talking about them all year. Miami is plus 1,300 to win the title, plus 600 to win the East. I think that's a great bet. One more step, same in the East. The Philadelphia 76ers plus 1850 to win the title, plus 1000 to win the conference. Remember, the trade deadline has not hit yet. Remember, Ben Simmons is still a Philadelphia 76er today, but that doesn't mean he'll be tomorrow. So if the Sixers, who, in my, in my opinion, right now, Embiid, who scored 50 last night, have, and you can battle between him and Jokic, have the best or second best big man in the league as it stands. A pretty damn good supporting cast, plus whatever they may potentially get for Simmons in the next week or two. 
Philly at plus 1850 to win the title, plus 1000 to win the conference, to me seems like a great worthy long shot because I think they got a real chance. Um, the big question is always, will Embiid stay healthy when it counts? And that is a big question. I agree with that question. I have that same question. I, I go back to last year's MVP between him and the Joker, and the Joker wins it because he plays in more games. I thought Embiid actually had the better season last year. Two MVP talk. Well, I'll, let me. Or, yeah, 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 well, I was going to say too. Like, obviously, Daryl Morey. He's one of the best, you know, GMs in in the league. You know, he's not sitting on his ass. He's trying to make something happen to give him that that edge going into this into the second half of the season and into the playoffs. I think there's a good chance that there is a trade that will be made. Two teams I will say do not sleep on are the Denver Nuggets, are the Memphis Grizzlies. Jaw is playing out of his mind. Um, we got Jokic, who I think is the best player in the league, which is kind of a good segue to those MVP odds. Well, actually, all right, let, me, let me just comment on one last thing then. I've got the Nuggets here. The Nuggets are plus 3,400 to win the title. If Jamal Murray is indeed going to make his way back before the playoffs, which I was just reading, I was looking this up before we started, he is due back sometime in April. When in April, we don't know. The playoffs start at some point in April. They start in like the third week. If Jamal Murray can give them something, and it's, well, let me say this. It's got to be a little more than something. If Jamal Murray can be like almost himself, yeah. then maybe I like that. I don't think the Joker can do it by himself. Um I think there's just too many hurdles in the West to get there with just the Joker and a supporting cast. Jamal Murray would change that. Um, what, was the other, what was the other team you mentioned? So, um, oh, you Memphis, Memphis. Memphis is just – I don't I think, think they're, I think they're a year or two away. Yeah, they're, but I agree. It, they're dangerous, I think. But they're, they're the youngest team in the NBA, I believe. They're like tw- average 23 years old. So, it's going to be tough for them to get through those experienced teams – but I just I think you kind of have to keep your eye on them. No, you keep your eye on them, and I and I, if you start getting some, uh, I, I haven't looked at this some some wins odds, they would be interesting because I can mm-hmm. see them, I can see them rise all the way. Uh, they're only three games. I think back. three games behind Phoenix, right? Yeah. So I can see them actually taking out the one seed. Remember, Devin Booker's out for a while in Phoenix now, so they could lose a couple games. Curry has cooled off a little bit in Golden State, so they could lose a couple games. Memphis could get themselves to a one you seed. Um, so if you want to. You know, go after some wins bets. That might be interesting. I, I don't know if I love them in the playoffs. No. To, to win a title or the West, a series maybe. Um, MVP talk. So, right now, Steph Curry still the favorite at plus 175. I just mentioned he's cooled off a little bit. I still agree. He's probably leaning towards the favorite. If Golden State ends up with the best record in the NBA, I don't see a way he doesn't win that, that uh, award. Um, even if it's them just behind Phoenix, he probably still does. Remember, the MVP is a regular season award only. Playoffs have nothing to do with it. Giannis is plus 320. The Joker, the defending MVP, plus 500. Joel Embiid, plus 725. John Moran has jumped up into the game at plus 1050. I'm going to skip a couple guys. And I'm going to go to my guy we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, Plus 2700 for... What's his face in Chicago? DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan. He was forty-five. My was bad he was forty-five to one when we talked about it two weeks. I mean, yeah. you pointed out that was yeah. The you Bulls still it. have the best record in the East. DeMar DeRozan's now doing this without Levine, who's out for a little bit. Yeah, I, I forgot his name for five seconds there because I couldn't read what I wrote. So um, if you bet on it at that time, like you've already found some value if you followed Chris's lead there. 
and you can kind of hedge around it with some of these other guys. Because right now, it's it's interesting. You, you mentioned Curry, Giannis, the Joker, which I, I think the Joker is the best player in the NBA. He had a 49-point game last night. Yeah. But I still, on a triple-double. Yeah, on a triple-double. I don't know if Denver's going to have enough wins to get him that award. They're 23-20 and 20 right now. So there's two parts to this thing. One, I agree. I don't know if yeah. they'll have enough wins for him to win the award. The second part is he won it last year. They kind of don't like giving it to guys back-to-back yeah. years unless you dominate and you're a one seed and everything's fitting. Last year, the Joker won the MVP. The really, his only competition was Embiid, who only played in like yeah. 68 games. So it's funny when we look at DeRozan at plus 2,700. I can sit here and poke holes in almost every favorite Curry's the, uh, the odds-on favorite. And, yes, I agree he's the odds-on favorite today. But he has cooled off a little bit. Could the Warriors load manage later in the year with an, a little bit older team? Maybe. That really hasn't been their style in the past, but that doesn't mean it won't be. I do think the Golden State Warriors yeah. are the favorite to win the title. That could be of greater value to Steve Kerr than Curry winning the MVP. So there's a, there's a possible mark-off there. Giannis at plus 320. He's won an MVP. He's won a title. Um they are third in the East right now. Yeah. I believe maybe the second. Bulls no, are one. They are fourth right They're now. They're fourth in the East right now. So if the Bucks were to finish fourth in the East, let's say they finish behind yeah. Chicago. Miami. My, oh yeah, yeah. See, Miami's the team I like. Uh, finish behind Miami, Chicago, and the Nets. I don't know if he can win it as a four seed. Doesn't mean he can't. Joker we talked about. He won it last year. He'd almost have to top himself to win it again, and they'd have to win more games. And beat his plus seven twenty five. I think he looks like an MVP, but again, we never know when he's going to boom miss eight games because it happens all the time. John ja Morant at plus ten fifty. There's a ton of value there. Memphis is surging. Schmidt likes yeah. him. I think John ja Morant at plus ten fifty and Demar Derozan at plus twenty seven hundred are the ones to take a close look at. KD is plus eighteen hundred, but he's out six weeks, so you can take him out of the discussion. Uh, the only even longer shot I wrote down for myself. Donovan Mitchell is plus 7,900. You never know if Utah can get hot and get themselves to a one seed. I'm not saying they will because Phoenix tends to win a lot of regular season games. Utah, I believe, was the one seed last year. Mm -hmm. It might be a little too big a task. I think they're the four right now in the West, four or five. So they're six games back. They're They're the four seed. That might be too much to overcome. And I think for Mitchell to win an MVP, they'd have to be the one. But at plus 7,900, Donovan Mitchell at least is an interesting look. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we we both called Jaw and DeRozan a couple of weeks ago, which I, I want to toot our horns there. Yeah. The one thing I am concerned about with Jaw is that he's missed about a dozen games that's as well. That's a good point. He did. And they won all those games yeah. without him, which kind of makes yeah. it slightly less valuable. So that's a little concerning. But, again, I still think, like you said, there's a ton of value on DeRozan. And you can kind of hedge around it if you want to bet on Steph or bet on Giannis, which I don't even know would be good. But mainly Steph. I think Steph and betting on Steph, betting on DeRozan is a great way to go about it. Yeah, I I think that might be the way to go. But just I'm telling you, if the Jazz get hot, keep an eye on Mitchell because he's 7,900 right now. So even if they get super hot, he might jump to like plus 5,000. There's still great value there. So I think that Donovan Mitchell's an interesting, very long shot him up. I'm almost surprised his number is that far off. Yeah. off uh, anyway, NFL, um, I know you want to talk about Super Bowl futures before we actually break down the four games this weekend. So, uh, Yeah, let's do it. Fire when ready. 
So we got eight teams left after wild card, super wild card weekend. This week is just going to be crazy. Right now, it's the Packers who are favorites, just like last week, followed by the Chiefs. Packers are plus 330, Chiefs plus 390, Buffalo Bills plus 500, the Bucks plus 550, Rams plus 750, Titans 8 to 1, the 49ers 11 to 1, and the Bengals plus 1450. Do, do you have the ability, real quick, and maybe it'll take mm-hmm. too long, to pull up the Niners NFC title chances? I have those right here. Let's see. The Niners are six to one to win the NFC. Yep. Do it. Take it. You heard it here. I said it last week. I said it two weeks ago. Maybe I definitely said it last week. I love the 49ers to win the NFC. Six to one is still good value. Eleven to one. Eleven to one this, when the Super Bowl is good value. I still think they would lose that game to one whoever wins the AFC, whether it be the Chiefs, the Bills, um, which I think is going to be the winner of that game who wins the AFC. Um, love the Niners. Love the Aaron Rodgers choke coming up. Uh, hey, suck it. We, we suck know it. he's a fraud. Do you want to get into that now, the, the fraudulence? We'll save that Rogers? next week when he's going uh, to beat Brady's ass. I brought this ass. up last week, and he said let's save it he, next week when the Packers well, are playing. He, he's not, they're playing he right wasn't now. playing last week, and he's going to fucking – He's going to play this week. He's and he's going to win this week. Now the Niners are going to win but this game. I, I will say the Niners are good. They, they can beat anyone. I don't know if there's a team – out of all these eight, these final eight that can't win the Super Bowl, maybe the Titans, maybe the Bengals who play each other this week. I don't know. I think they both have, you know, the the talent to beat any of these, these other teams. But if you do like the 49ers, I also think Super Bowl MVP odds on Debo Samuel are certainly interesting at 30-1. to one. Wow, is he really still? That's, He's 30-1. That's because pretty, that's pretty we, we know – that he plays running back, he plays wide receiver. They call gadget plays for him in the end zone. Uh, Mitchell had a great running game, you know. He had like 90-something yards, but when they get in that red zone, they dial up plays for Debo to get touchdowns. Jimmy G, if they win the Super Bowl, probably isn't going to have a big game. He's a game manager. Yeah. He had 175 yards last That's week. That's what he does. He's also a little hurt right now. But if they win the Super Bowl, I mean, I think Debo wins Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Got Jimmy G tried to give away that the game oh, of the Cowboys last week. I, yeah. I was, I, I've been an ardent supporter of Jimmy G because he wins games, even though whatever his stats are, may be. But, man, I'll tell you what, they did not close that game very well last weekend. Uh, he tried to give it away. Fortunately, the Cowboys don't know how to win either. So <laughs> McCarthy. Not, <laughs> he hates Mike McCarthy. And I do understand – as a Packers fan, why you hate him. And I do agree with you that some of Rodgers' failures are not all his fault. But I'm sorry, man. He's played one Super Bowl, and he's like the almost goat. Dude, you got to play in like five at least. Come on. How, how many quarterbacks have won more than one Super Bowl? Like 12? Uh, yeah, we did this last week. Yeah. It was like 14 guys. Yeah. 12. There, there were 12. There were Half of them were like there were from – there yes. were championships before there were Super Bowls. And none of those guys are the best Johnny Unitas? Johnny none Unitas is guys. better than Aaron Rodgers. Oh Otto Graham won five titles in Cleveland. Oh, get better out. than Aaron Rodgers. He is. Get They're out. better players. No. They're Aaron Rodgers is the best 
quarterback to ever throw a football. There is no doubt. Dan Marino's There's the best no quarterback ever throw a football. There's no Patrick doubt. Patrick Mahomes is the second best quarterback to ever throw the Patrick football. Patrick Mahomes might end up being the best to ever throw a football. Patrick Mahomes is 25 years old. He's already been to more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. And hey, let me Pat, tell you hey, Patrick if Mahomes they play is amazing. Each other this year, Mahomes is going to beat his Patrick ass. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. You won't hear me hate on, hate on that, but you've seen Aaron Rodgers. I've seen Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I don't know what Chris has been watching. No, no, no. He's, he's the best quarterback of this era. He's not the greatest. There's a difference between greatest stop, and the best. Stop parsing no, there words. is. No, there, Tom Brady's is, the best. The greatest. He's no, seven Brady is not close. the best. Yes, he Fucking, is. He won one of his Super Bowls, like, throwing for 150 yards. He's won yards. seven when you yes. have to explain And if it. you put Rodgers oh with Belichick, how many Super Bowls does he win? I don't know. More, more I than don't one. Know. And no, if you we put, don't know If you put Brady don't with Mike it. McCarthy, how many does he win? Maybe All one. All I know is Brady's won seven. He won Brady's the greatest. Seven. He's not he the best. He goes to Tampa and wins one with Arians, and Arians isn't very good. Bra- Brady is the greatest. He's the greatest. Yeah. He has the most accomplishments. Greatest, best, all of it. He's the He's, best. And how He's many how many players have won three MVPs? Oh, we're talking regular season now. We're, yes. Oh, great. Yeah, regular season matters. So when you put together a football team, a basketball team, a baseball yeah. team, is the goal to win a title, or is for the goal for one player to win an MVP? So these What's are two the different questions: who's the best and who is the most accomplished? That's and, and a team. Why do you play? Super Bowl why wins are a team. Accomplishment. Why they require Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl. Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. Come on, Eli. No was one a, thinks Eli was a money. No one thinks playoffs, those man. two guys are better than Dan Marino. No, exactly. I'm not saying it's strictly on titles, but if no, but that's that's the only thing you use against Rodgers. That's, that's the only thing you can is, use against Rodgers. If he's as good as you say he is. Don't you think by now he should have played like more than one? Yeah, he had Mike McCarthy. Brady played in ten. We saw Mike McCarthy's coaching played in six. on su- last Sunday. We saw what Mike McCarthy does as a coach. It's terrible. He's held him what? back from multiple times. One? Yes, he's won Ugh. one. Ugh. A, a lot more than other. Dan, more than Dan Marino. Uh, Marino played in one also. He lost. Yeah, but he, I'm, we're talking about who won. Oh, we're gonna go by wins. So yes, yeah. That's what you're. No, I'm just saying yes. money spots are playoff games. And he he can he's Rogers, not done yet either. He's not done yet. Rogers he's is a choker yet. in playoff situations. He had he a doesn't close. He had a better There's game. Better closers than him. Okay, last year Rogers better. threw 345 yards last last year against Tampa Bay. He he had a bad drive when they didn't go for it. Brady had three interceptions. Who won? Bucks. It's a team. It's a team effort. It's a Not team accomplishment. It's a quarterback no. sport now. It used no. to be a team. You know, no, if, if it was winning. as it's big a, of a quarterback sport, we would win every year because Aaron Rodgers no, is don't. the best quarterback in the year. He's not. He's in the, the league year after year. Seen. Stat stuffer. He's good at they, don't, they don't even pass that much. He likes this year. whiskey. They don't even pass that much right now. Oh my god. He ain't Mahomes. That's ridiculous. He's not Mahomes. Hey, I'm, I won't knock down Mahomes. Mahomes is <laughs> going to be the greatest quarterback ever. All right, let's. You want to get into these games? Or yeah, let's more do MVP it. talk. No, uh, Tyreek Hill is still forty to one. By the way, dude, Tyreek. What's Kelsey? Kelsey is still forty to one. Oh my God, Kelsey and Tyreek at forty to one each. That is the bet. That is the bet. Even more than Debo, because I do think the Chiefs are going to win the title. Um, the two best receivers. With the best, sorry, truth, the best quarterback in the AFC, because we love you, Tom Brady, 
the best quarterback in the AFC, and the two best guys, and I know Kelsey's a tight end, but he's a receiver. They're both 41. That's crazy to me. I, I, those, I can't believe no. those numbers aren't jumping off the screen at everybody. God, look, I thought the Steelers maybe would hang in the game last week with some defense. What, what happens? The friggin' Chiefs score over forty again. That's just what they do. They're gonna win the. They're gonna win the Super Bowl. It's, All right. It's really just because they like. They just think that if Kelsey or Hill have monster games, you know that means Mahomes is gonna have a monster game. No, I but, get no, it. I know you We're did it, but like, no, I agree with 40. you. I'm on board. I think so. And also keep an eye on Jarek McKinnon. He's not even on the odds right now. He's not even available to bet on right now. They have Daryl Williams at 150 to one. But McKinnon went off last week. Yeah. He had two or three touchdowns. If he like if they make the Super Bowl and he has that same game, he could win the MVP. Yeah, now that's if Hilary does or doesn't yeah, come yeah. back, which we don't know right now, but it's a, it's a valid point. You know. He's a guy not even on the board right now. All right. Let's do the four games. So uh, Dirty Water will open. All weekend long, we will open at noon. Give you plenty of time to hit the gambit and bet. I believe the Saturday games start at 4.30, and the Sunday games start at 1. So uh, but we'll have college basketball going all day on Saturday, of course. So the Cincinnati Bengals, 4.30 Saturday, are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Tennessee Titans. Titans are the one seed. They did not play last week. Derrick Henry is back. So, yeah, Cincy is coming off their first postseason victory since January of 1991. That city is pumped. Burrow looks like the MVP candidate that we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago. He finished the season with a league-best 70.4 completion percentage and a 108.3 QB rating, which is second to only MVP Aaron Rodgers. Mr. Stat. Um but the story here is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry sounds like he's set to come back. I don't know how do we think he's going to be in shape that he was previously. There's some crazy stats from him leaving um, from before he exited the season. Despite missing over half of the regular season, he finished number six in rushing touchdowns and number nine in rushing yards. He averaged 117 yards per game, which is more like nine yards more than Jonathan Taylor finished. I think 27 yards more than third, which was Nick Chubb. So he was a beast, obviously. Before Henry was going to win the MVP this year. This and year he was going ma- to. Maybe, maybe he's maybe this works out where he's even f- more front. You know, he's fresh, less beat up than he had been if he had been playing for the last two months. Here's here's what I think is going to happen with Henry, and, and you know, only only the coaching staff can answer this. I think we'll see Henry early. I think they'll see what he's got. The one thing I will admit is those other Titan running backs, Foreman and I kind of forget the other guy's name, yeah. did a pretty damn good job his last six weeks. Foreman got pretty hot. So it's not as if they have no running game if it turns out Henry's out of shape and just isn't moving the way Henry likes to move and run people over. I would think it's fair to say he probably can't hold the ball 25 times simply on conditioning. I don't even think it's as much because of the injury recovery as much because it's a foot, wasn't a knee, it's a little different. A foot heals and heals, a knee, a joint, um, it's a little it's a little tougher to be yourself again. But again, he hasn't played like, you know, two months plus. It's gonna be hard for him to have that level of conditioning that he would normally have in mid season or postseason form had he gone the the whole distance, even if he had just played twelve or thirteen games, but he didn't even play that many. So I got to think Henry is not going to get a ton of touches. I think 
it could cap out at like 15, uh, but it could be a great 15 if he's himself. So I would not be shocked if you see him early, gets the ball the first drive, we'll see what he can do. Maybe they get him out of there if the drive's rolling or that second drive, give Foreman the ball a few times, give Henry a blow, maybe get him back in there. I kind of think that's what you're going to see out of the Titans with this whole thing um, from that end. From the Bengals' end, you know, it's interesting. Burrow finished the season just white hot. Jamar Chase, white hot. These guys were as, as good a duo as there was in the league in that last month. Maybe not all season. They did have a very good season. But really, those last three, four weeks, they really took it to another level. I will say this about the Bengals. And maybe this is just the cardiac Raiders. I don't know. They almost blew that game. Do they know how to close these playoff games as time goes on? Last week they were home. Last week was against the Las Vegas Raiders, who probably had no business being in the playoffs, except for the fact that they won four overtime games this year. But if you watch the end of that game, and it looked like the Bengals had them buried, the Raiders were one play away from doing what? Putting the game in overtime, which is crazy, because if you'd watch the first three and a half quarters of that game, it was was pretty one-sided. But the Bengals didn't pull away. They were up 23-13 in the fourth, and somehow the Raiders hung around. The Titans are a little better. The Titans obviously have the running game. Vrabel's got that defense playing. Uh, I, I will say Tannehill's not better than Carr. It's close. I, I probably like Carr better, but, you know, A.J. Brown's close, a little yeah. more of a weapon than what, than what the Raiders have. And can the Bengals close a road game in the playoffs in January against a one seed? And, and that, that's the big question. Not so much are they better. Yeah. Also worth noting is the Titans are 8-0 outright and against the spread with at least nine days between games under Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is probably going to be coach of the year. I think they have the coaching. They have the edge when it comes to coaching. Vrabel just gets his teams fired up. But I really just like the way the Cincinnati offense has been meshing. Burrow has just a plethora of weapons from Jamar Chase, Higgins, Boyd. You got the tight end. And then then Mixon at running back. As as good, as impressive as Tennessee has been without Derrick Henry, I really like Cincinnati getting three and a half points. Um, I, I gave you the reasons just a moment ago why the Bengals could lose this game on the road. But I'm with Schmidt. I've, I've got the Bengals. I'm going to buy it money line. I'm going to get paid for it. Um, I'm taking the three and a half to my official picks. Uh, but I will tell you right now, I'll hit the gambit and buy money line for around plus 120 or something like that to win. Uh, it comes down to the quarterback for me. Burrow is Burrow and Tannehill is Tannehill. And if it gets into making plays in the fourth quarter, Throwing the ball, I just I like Joe Burrow a hell of a lot more than I like Tannehill, and that's that's kind of what it comes down to. I don't think Henry's going to come out and dominate. He's just been out a little too long. I think he could be fine. We could see, you know, 15 rushes for 67 yards, which is a good output. Uh, I could see something in that neighborhood. He could catch a couple balls. But at the end of the day, and I don't disagree that Vrabel might be the stronger head coach here. I just like Joe Burrow to win this game, so I'm with you. I've got the Bengals plus three and a half. All right, let's move on to the game we're going to have a big fight about. I think you guys already know where I'm going. You probably know where he's going. Uh, The night game on Saturday night, I'm excited to see this game because I want this to go a certain way so I can have fun with this. Next week, 
The San Francisco 49ers are five and a half point underdogs at the Green Bay Packers. The big story going into this game from an injury standpoint, Will Bosa play in this game. He had a concussion last week. He's in the protocols right now. There's been some positive talking out of the Niners camp that there sounds like there's a chance he will play. It's too bad this is not a Sunday game to give him one extra day because that could make a big difference when you're in concussion protocols. Um, Thoughts on yeah, this game? there are also injuries for Fred Warner on defense and Jimmy G. He, War- he had a Warner's expected to play, though, I've heard. So, while on the other side of things, the Packers return Jair Alexander at cornerback. He's been out for most of the season. Preston Smith at defensive end and Bakhtiara on the offensive line. So, they're going to get some um, help on the offensive line as well on defense. There's no There's, doubt that that left tackle don't – for those of you out there that kind of, oh, it's a lineman, that is an all-pro left tackle yeah. right there. That guy makes a difference. That is Rogers' guy. That yeah. guy um, can make a difference, neutralize that Niners pass rush. So, so don't discount that. The health of Bakhtiari after all this time. He's missed the entire year. Came back in the last week of the regular season, and now he is he is back part of things. So, yeah, the, these two teams played earlier in the season. I think it was like week three, week four. The Packers won 30-28. to 28. But, again, a lot of things have changed since then. When it comes to Jimmy G and betting trends, I don't know how much you want to put into betting trends. I kind of think they're overrated, but I also think this is worth mentioning. Jimmy G is 14-4 and against the spread as an underdog. He has the best outright record as an underdog of any quarterback since 1966. So in the Super Bowl era, um, the 49, he's 13-5 and against the spread as an underdog. So there's a lot of things going for them there. Keep in mind, this is a five-and-a-half-point spread, six-point spread. So I think Packers win this, but I do think it's going to be a close game. I think 49ers are tough, especially if they have Bosa. But who has the best quarterback in the NFL? Who has the best quarterback Jeez. ever? The fucking Packers. Oh, the fuck. Wait, what's your, what's your pick on the spread? Where'd you go with that? I'm going 49ers plus five and a half. Plus five and I half. think it's going to be a, a close game. I, I'm, I'm on board with 49ers uh, plus five and a half. So, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. sorry. No, no. I just go, no, go ahead. Make there. I was also going to say these are two of the slower paced teams yeah. in the league. 49ers, Shanahan just lo- I mean, he has a very innovative system of offense, but he also likes to run it a lot, you know, with Debo, with Elijah Mitchell. Um, even at quarterback sometimes. They play at a slow pace. So do the Packers with LaFleur. He's from that Shanahan coaching tree, actually, with Rabel, with um, what's the Rams guy. They McVay. love yeah, McVay. Yeah. They love to run the ball a lot. And it's going to be like 12 degrees in Green Bay. It's going to feel even colder. They've been kind of saving A.J. Dillon for that that you know when it's just freezing temperatures they're going to give the ball to AJ Dillon a lot I think a lot more than they did during the regular season which is going to keep this game low scoring I also like keeping your eye on AJ Dillon touchdown props whether that's first touchdown or if you want to bet on him to get two touchdowns when they're in you know inside the five he gets three yards every time he's just a bulldozer so so this game to me comes down to Kind of what, what, what Schmidt just touched on in the end here, and I, I, I let the cat out of the bag, but you guys knew anyway. I like the Niners plus five and a half. Uh, I like them to win the game. I'm going to go money line. It comes down to me, and I'm not denying the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. It, it's just a little different of how great were we, where we differ um, in these big spots. 
the running game versus the defensive front, both ways. I, I, I do agree the Packers are going to try to run Dylan here. It is hard to run on the Niners. I think the Niners can effectively run the ball a little bit better. I think they can control the clock a little bit better. Both teams do play ball control, it's fair to say that. As much as Rodgers throws and has big stats, they don't play wide open football. They don't play fast like the Chiefs or something like that. They do control the clock. They do play first down football. Um, I like... Look, this is going to be a grind into the fourth quarter. This is going to be a tight game. I don't think there's any denying it. First of all, from a strictly betting standpoint, five and a half is too much to give the Niners here. This is going to come down to the end. This could come down to kicking. Uh, it could come down to weather. It could come down to a lot of these, these things. I just love what the Niners do defensively, and I like what Shanahan does game planning late in games. You know, it wasn't Shanahan that tried to give the game away to the Cowboys. <laughs> it was execution from his quarterback and, and others. Uh, I, I'm hopeful from the Niners' standpoint and from my betting standpoint, they don't make the same mistakes twice. Uh, Jimmy G does miss open guys late in games. They did the Super Bowl a few years ago. He did miss Ayuk, which would have oh, which yeah. would have frozen and ended the game the other day. Kept the Cowboys alive. Jimmy can't miss those. He does have that hand injury. I'm not making excuses. He needs to finish those plays um, when they're wide open. But there's just something I think Shanahan is, I mean, coaching tree. His father is a two-time Super Bowl champion, okay? He was Elway's coach. There's, there's something there. And I think Kyle Shanahan knows how to coach NFL playoff football. I think there's something innately quality about him. Not saying LaFleur can't. LaFleur is good at banging out these 13-win seasons, but he hadn't done a lot in the playoffs. And this is what it comes down to. Ball control, game planning, fourth quarter execution, tackling late in the game. I really hope Bosa plays, but I do have the Niners in this game. Take the under two, under 47 and a half. I, I, like, I didn't even think about that, but yes, I like the under, and I'm going to jump on that as well. That's a, that's a much higher number yeah. than I would have thought. All right, let's go on to Sunday. This is this is a really cool game, I think. This is a where I think that those games we just mentioned are a little grindy. Maybe not the Bengals so much because I think they'll try to open it up. This Rams-Bucks game Sunday at 1 o'clock is a lot of fun. This is the legend Brady home in Tampa. He's missing guys. AB's off the team. You know, Godwin's out for the year uh, against the Rams who man for man are kind of like what the LA Lakers are there they have all the star players it's kind of funny how that it keeps happening in LA they make all these trades they give away all their picks just to get name guys Von Miller you know they traded for him obviously Jalen Ramsey on defense they traded for Stafford in the offseason because golf couldn't get it done so the Rams have really put a lot of eggs in one basket here they have the best defensive lineman in the league against Tom and we know he knows how to win. Weather, I don't think is going to be a factor at all. I no, last week was supposed to be windy and rainy in Tampa. It didn't seem as bad as, as the reports indicated. Games in Central Florida. It's two warm weather teams. So none of those external factors should really play a role in this game. This should just be kind of a fun football game. Your initial thoughts? For sure. So Rams, Bucks, they played each other in the first quarter of the season. I believe it was week three. The Rams won that game 34-24. to A lot has changed since then, as you kind of mentioned. The Bucks have lost Godwin. Not only Godwin, though. Fournette, who they thought they were going to get back last week, couldn't play. I don't know if he's still uh, up there. He is questionable, questionable right now. So he right now. And he can make a difference in this game. They lost Ronald Jones. And they've also lost two off or They have two offensive linemen who are questionable who went down during the Eagles game. Yes. 
Tristan Wirfs, Ryan Jensen, two of their best offensive linemen. That is a concern for Brady, I believe, with that Rams pass rush led by Aaron Donald. Ram, like I said, on the other side of things, the Rams have added a lot. You said Von Miller, you, OBJ, Cam Akers came yeah, back OBJ, last week at running back. Yeah. So I, I want to get into that. So there's obviously been all this hype over Derrick Henry get, coming back. I mean, he was an MVP candidate, led the league in rushing the last couple of years. It's obvious why the hype about his return is there. It's fair. Cam Akers' return has been very quiet, and it shouldn't be. He had 95 yards of total offense last week. Yeah. He had 17 carries. He had that 40-yard catch. Cam Akers is a factor in this game. Uh, this creates so much balance in the Rams' offense, and I see this because, you know, Stafford has been a little tricky in the last six weeks with his turnovers, but I think the fact that they now have an improved running game with Cam Akers back, and he looked pretty good this past oh, yeah. week. Um, it, it, the Akers factor changes things. Also, from an injury standpoint, you just mentioned Wirfs. We don't know if he's going to play. Wirfs versus Von Miller, if Wirfs oh. is in there, is a big factor. And if Wirfs is not in there, Von Miller, look, Von Miller's won Super Bowls before where he just did it. You know, he did it in Denver where he just freaking took over playoff games. You know the guy can do it. He's an older player now, but there's still something left. And for a pass rusher versus kind of other guys that are either in the trenches in the middle of the line or linebackers, you know, these defensive ends, you can just bring them in on third down to make a play. So Von Miller does, doesn't have to play every down to be effective. He can be in his 30s. He can play a limited amount of snaps, yeah. just like sort of when the Bucks brought Gronk in last year, and he really was just a red zone guy. Obviously, he's playing more every down this year. So he's gotten, you know, fully ingratiated in the offense and a full offseason of conditioning. Von Miller's an interesting guy because he might play 14 snaps. But, like, he might wreak havoc in eight of those 14 yeah. snaps, especially if Wirfs isn't playing. You've got to keep an eye on that. Um, so, just injuries do matter, guys. Wirfs, maybe. Fournette, maybe. Akers back for the Rams. These things are all playing big factors what could happen. Wirfs, he even tried to return to the game last week, and he got manhandled. He that first, right. I mean, it was terrible. Like, yeah, he was, wasn't right. It was bad. I'm, so, I think there's a lot of concern there. I think this is a tough matchup for the Bucks as they're currently constructed. The way the Rams beat them early on was just like quick passes, quick passes to kind of counter the Bucks, quick, uh, tough pass rush. But like as good as the Bucks defense is, one of the things they struggle with is their coverage, their secondary. And in that game, Stafford went 27 for 39, 343 yards, four touchdowns. I think it's a tough matchup again. I think he has a big game again. Also, Cam Akers is a better pass-catching um, running back than Mich- um, Michelle or Daryl H- Henderson. Yeah. So, he kind of helps in the passing game, not just the running game. You're, what you got? So, g- I'm taking the Rams. What did you have the spread at? Two, two, I two, and, two, two, two and, and a half. Okay. I will take the Rams plus two and a half to beat the Bucks. I like the money line even. Beat the Bucks again in Tampa. You know, I hate that we're picking everything the same, and, I, and I, I'll admit it. I've got the Rams plus the points. I've got the Rams on the money line. You know, th- there's been a lot of criticism of Stafford in December. He did have a shaky month. He was really good in the first half of the season, and he started to turn the ball over. I feel like they've got their guys back. Cup was probably in the top two or three receivers in the league this year. Tim and Devontae Adams probably kind of go back and forth on that. Um, and, and Jamar Chase to an extent, too, although – he had a lot more drops than people kind of give him credit for, detract for. He does have a lot of drops. 
the Rams were built for one year. And the Bucks, it was thought, were built for just last year. And it turns out Brady doesn't age. I will only say this. I've got the Rams. I think they're better. I think the Bucks are hurt. Werfs being out really bothers me even more than like Godwin being out. Mike Evans is going to have to step up and play a monster game. He's not done well against Jalen Ramsey in the past. I think the Bucks will have trouble moving the ball. They need Fournette, but I think more than just Fournette, they need Werfs to be Werfs. If he plays, it could be different. I may hold off on placing this bet until 90 minutes before the game when the injury reports come out because I do think if they do have Werfs, if it sounds like he's going to look a lot better than I agree, he looked he wasn't ready to play last week. If Fournette's back, I could swing in this because what I, the point I was about to make, Rams, don't give the ball to Brady under two minutes down one possession or under seven points because he's going to beat you. Okay, that is a fact. Tom Brady will win the game if it comes down to it. I think the Rams are going to actually win this game by about ten points. I think I can see something like 34-24. Um, the Rams are just uber, uber talented. I don't actually love Beckham, but I will admit his presence out there just helps other guys. I don't think he's nearly what he was a few years ago. I think it's a lot of hype, but I think his hype attracts attention. I think Cup has a big game. I think Akers has an effective game. I think Stafford doesn't choke, doesn't turn the ball over a ton, and plays well. And I think the Rams just have a little too much talent out there for a pretty beat-up Bucks team right now. So I like the Rams plus 2.5, and, and I'm going to take the money line. Last game, and I think most would agree, the featured game of the weekend. Uh, 4.30 Sunday, Mahomes versus Josh Allen, Chiefs-Bills. I think it is probably widely accepted and agreed upon that the winner of this game will go to the Super Bowl. Uh, We all could have our opinions. Maybe I'm overestimating that. I don't think there's a lot of Titans and Bengals love to beat the winner of this game. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, This is what I feel is the best current quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, against the rising Josh Allen. Josh Allen had a little bit more of a shaky season this year than last, but I got to tell you, the last couple weeks, he's been phenomenal. He played his absolute best game, possibly of his career against the Pats last week, against a Bill Belichick defense. Seven touches, seven touchdowns. That's incredible. (laughs) Um, It's it's the first perfect game of offense ever, I think. Yeah. So the Bills are two and a half point dogs in Kansas City. Thoughts? Man, like I said, Bills just had the first perfect game ever um, under Josh Allen. He was, like I said, a beast against a top five defense, too. It's yeah. not like they were playing no, number you one know, scoring in the, NFL. The, the Ravens, who have been depleted with injuries or anything like that. They beat a tough defense and just made them look silly from, from kickoff to finish. I think it's two of the best quarterbacks left, you know, aside from Rodgers, of course. But they can fucking throw. (laughs) Josh Allen can run. He can run over people. Patrick Mahomes can keep up, can counter that, you know, with his plethora of weapons when it comes to Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Both teams scored 42-plus points last week. The over-under is 53-and-a-half, by far the largest over-under of the week. When they played in week four, they combined for 58 points. They're also two teams that pass way over expectation. They kind of adopted that spread offensive style. You know, the, the Bills have Singletary at running back. 
who is fine, but they still prefer to run it with Josh Allen, even ahead of the running backs. Um, so when he's not running it, they're passing it. So it's going to be a ton of passing plays. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Do you have anything else? or No, I mean, everything you're saying is true. This, is, yeah. this, this should be the most fun game of football we've seen in a long time. Uh, there was a Monday night game two years ago, uh, Chiefs the Rams. It was like 53-51 final. I don't remember exactly yeah. It was in the 50s. That's before Goff just completely decided to suck. That was Mahomes that was versus Goff. It was, a, it was a great football game, which is wild. Uh, both of these defenses have – look, the Bills are like the second-ranked defense in the NFL. The Chiefs have played much better defense than we just lost our Instagram Live. But I think this is going to be a shootout. I, yeah. I think the 53 is going over. Um, what what – nah, it's already out, oh. so we'll just finish here. Yeah, I'm on the Chiefs, minus two and a half. I just can't bet against Patty. Um, fellow Red Raider, I'm not going to bet against him. In a tough – in a game, we've seen him go to the Super Bowl twice before. We've seen Andy Reid. Um, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. What did bother me last week against the Steelers – was they had like they were using all these amazing trick plays like against the Steelers when they could have saved them. You had Travis Kelsey throw a touchdown pass. You had the Fat Man touchdown. I'm like, why are you using these? I think they have so many. That, yeah, that, so that, many more. yeah, that could be the case. But all that to say, Chiefs minus two and a half. It's a coin flip though. I don't feel great about betting against either of these offenses. Yeah, I've, I've got the Chiefs too. So we're 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 in agreement on all four games. I've got the Chiefs minus the two and a half. I'm going to take the over in this I'll, game, too. I, think, uh, I was just about to say Yeah, I think thing. this is going – this is crazy ball. I think we're going to see just great quarterback play, a lot of fun. I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. I thought that before the season started. They lost the Super Bowl last year because their offensive line was completely decimated in that Super Bowl against Tampa. They seem to be healthy. Their defense is better than it's been in the past. Mahomes is Mahomes. Kelsey and Hill are Kelsey and Hill. Pringle, all these freaking guys. Uh, they seem to use – a variety of running backs. Uh, you're right, Jarek McKinnon could put some numbers up. Seems like he might mm-hmm. be the guy of the moment right quick now. So pay attention to that. I, I don't know about the props on, on McKinnon, but that yeah. could be very interesting for this game. Um, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So we'll be open noon both days. We'll have the college hoops going on Saturday. We'll get ready for 1 o'clock kickoff Sunday. Um, this, is, this is a really fun time of year. Mm-hmm. I think we have four very competitive games. The games were kind of blowouts last week in the wild card round, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see some better football in terms of competition, and I think we will. I don't think any of these games blow out. I, I'd be shocked. No. I think the spreads are actually fair. I have no weird why is the spread that way. I get why the, the Niners are five-and-a-half-point dogs. I just really like the Niners to go to the Super Bowl this year. There's something about that team. There's something about that coach, that running game, Debo Samuel. There's something kind of special, and Jimmy G wins games. Jimmy G his winning percentage is undeniable, and, I, and he's been to a Super Bowl once already, so I'm, I like him to go back to the second. Um, that's kind of it. Do you have any, any last thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think we get the discount double-check Super Bowl between Aaron Rodgers and Patty, but with that said... Admit it, would be fun. Yeah, check out scoresandodds.com. We got picks. We got prop tools um, that show you projections for pretty much every single prop. They also have our projections lined up with the actual line from sportsbooks so you can quickly see where there's value where there's not check out rotogrinders.com for free betting previews that's all i have all right guys uh soon enough we're going to keep going 
as these football games lessen, we're going to get into basketball more and more and more. And when Schmidt is ready to fire away, we'll start getting back into some golf as yep. they once they bring the tour into Hawaii coming up soon. So for episode 24 of the second season of the Dirty Water Podcast, that's Schmidt. I'm Chris. Thanks, guys. Peace.